Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. Today we will be looking at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews 6, 12. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate to those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Everyone says, Amen. Let's turn to a person next to you and say, Your presence is a blessing to me. Good to see you. Um, I know that some of us are missing today, but uh, we are here to worship the Lord our God. Please keep them in prayer, in our prayers as well. Um, but I want us to kind of getting into, before we actually get into the word, uh, say this word, imitate. Say imitate. Imitate. That's the word that we will think about today as we continue on. We have started a series called Becoming world-class Christians. Last week, we have learned that in order for us to become world-class Christians that God wants us to be, we must start with a heart shift. More specifically, our perceptions, our attitudes must first change. And we talked about four shifts, if you remember, if you recall. And let me just give you briefly what they are as we review. Uh, four shifts. First, shift from self-centeredness to other or community-centeredness. Second, we need to have a shift from local to global. Also, third, we need to have a shift from temp temporal to eternal. And last but not least, it has to, there must be a shift from excuses to explorations. Well, I know if I just say those four points, you might not clearly understand what are those. So what you can do is you can go to our website or you can download the message from last week from podcast and you can actually get into that. Uh, so I'm not going to go over uh, the whole sermon again, but please visit our podcast and download messages and you can certainly listen to that. And continuing with uh, the series, there will be three more messages, including today. Uh, and title of today's message will be Going Deeper. Next week, we'll talk about Going Wider. And the last but not least, in the third week, we will talk about Going Higher. Today, we will start with learning about going deeper in our Christian faith and life experiences. As we read today's passage, the author of Hebrew warned Christians of that day for remaining shallow believers, not growing deeper in their Christian experience. They remain, a lot of Christians, even back in the days, they had a tendency to remain in superficiality of Christianity. Sound familiar? Today we are facing today, Many, many Christians today, we want to dwell in the superficial level as Christians. Superficial level of Christianity. And the writer, the Bible, the writer of the Hebrew challenges us to go into maturity. As a matter of fact, if you recall, our goal as a church, one of our goals as a church is maximum maturity. Remember? Meaning, the, the, the Bible is teaching us to go deeper, deeper into God, deeper into understanding God, deeper into loving people, loving God. You have to have go, in, go deeper into experiencing what God is doing in and through your life. But the question still remains, why don't we want to go deeper? Especially today, as many Christians are just so superficial in their faith experiences in this convenient Christianity, why don't Christians today want to go deeper? Or how can we go deeper as Christians today in such time as this? And what are the benefits of going deeper that the Bible is teaching us to do so? These are the questions that we're going to be asking and answering. First, let's think about why don't we 
want to go deeper. Why is it so hard for us to do so? I thought about four reasons as I summarized the, the reasons why. The first, it requires, going deeper requires a leave from comfort zones, meaning we must leave our comfort zones if you really want to go deeper. We cannot be comfortable where we are if you really want to experience God in a, in a new, fresh way, in a deeper way. But a lot of us, we do have a fear of deep. We have a fear of being different. We have a fear of changing. We have a fear of, in a way, going deeper. But let's think about that. We are so comfortable where we are. As long as I, I come to church on Sunday, as long as I can get what I want and what I need, I am okay. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to especially those uh, different ethnical background people. I just want to be comfortable as I am. I want to talk to my friends, my families, and I just want to live this way. A lot of people, they don't want to leave their comfort zones. And that is one of the reasons perhaps why. Second, it requires for a greater commitment. If you want to go deeper, you need to have a greater commitment. You need to commit yourself to go deeper. You need to commit yourself to understand more. You need to commit yourself to serve more. There, it requires a greater commitment. It takes work. It takes time. But a lot of us, as we are so, so trained in this convenient generation, we don't want to work. We want things to come easily. We want things to come instantly. And that's what we are facing today. And I am not against convenience in our lifestyle. As the technology advances, yes, our life become more convenient, and things can get to us very quickly. For instance, uh, you know, it's just the transportation-wise. Man, nowadays you can go anywhere in the world within 24 hours. Imagine that. You can go to the other side of the earth in 24 hours. If you, and I was just visiting L.A., as you already knew. I just came back last night. It takes three and a half hours to fly to L.A. People might say, even some people on the plane I was talking to, they were like, oh, man, it's three and a, three and a half hours and four hours. It's long. But imagine, back in the days, if you want to travel that far, it would take a long time. Now everything is coming, so, coming to us so easily. In that kind of environment, perhaps what really stops us to go deeper is that we just don't want any more commitments or investments. We don't want any work anymore. We want God to just bless us with things conveniently, instantly, without any work, without taking time. But if you look at the history of the Bible, if you just look at our lives, nothing is that easy, especially the important things. For instance, raising your kids, it takes effort and time. It takes work. If you do not have any commitment to take care of your kids, your kids will be messed up. I'm sorry to say, that's the reality. Same thing, if you really want to grow, toward maximum maturity, you have to have different level of commitment, the greater commitment that, that you have today. If you want to be better today than yesterday, if you want to continue to grow, strive toward maximum maturity tomorrow, I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, you will take work, you will take time, and we need to work on it with Christ, with God. Amen. It, take, it requires a greater commitment. Maybe that's why it's so hard. There are reasons why possibly it's so hard for us to go deeper in our generation, such a time as this, is because it requires sacrifice. Ooh, I just said the word, the banned word in today's Christianity, convenient Christianity, sacrifice. No one wants to sacrifice today. 
Even amongst family, no one wants to sacrifice. Isn't it interesting today? You know why they're still soaring in terms of, or not changing in terms of divorce rate? Because the people don't want to sacrifice in marriage. A lot of times. We read, a lot of people, they, they marry to get, to gain, instead of to give. The Bible tells us the opposite. We marry to give love. To give your spouse love and cherishment and all kinds of things. Sacrifice. The true love that Jesus Christ had demonstrated on the cross was very clear. It was sacrificial love. My brothers and sisters, nothing is easy in this world. And if you want to go deeper in any field, including faith, it will require, it will, it will require sacrifice. You may call for the giving up something that you like to do, you casually used to do. You might have to give that up. For instance, if you really want to get into the Word of God, I'm sorry to say, you need to give up some time of entertainment. You cannot do both because there is a limited time that you have in your life. If you really want to go deeper in your faith, you need to cut off some things in this world that, that you are doing. Simply as that. But a lot of us, we don't want to give that up. We don't want to sacrifice our time of entertainment, just entertainment, because we just like it. No wonder you, you will never grow to be a place where God wants you to be toward maximum maturity. But people complain, oh, how come I'm not growing fast enough? How come I'm not getting there? Well, look at your life. Are you sacrificing something? If you want to go deeper, it requires sacrifice. One writer said this in his journal, I have been fearful to go deeper with God because I thought it would include deep pain. Walking through the fire to be refined, it might. Thus, I don't want to go in. If you do not face the fire, you will never be able to extinguish it. If you do want to resolve problems, you must face the problems. If you want to grow, my brothers and sisters, you need to be willing to sacrifice some of the things that you like or you value to trade with what God has for you and me. Are you willing to do that? It requires sacrifice. Last but not least, the reasons possibly why it's so hard for today's Christians to go deeper is this. It requires accountability. It requires accountability. And you might say, what? Why are we talking about this? I'll tell you, accountability is some, it's a very communal thing, isn't it? In this individualistic society, we don't want to be bothered by people or by others, or we don't want to even bother anybody. We just want to be who we are, as we are. We just want to be in your own bubble, in your own world. You don't want to go and you don't want to interfere. No, inter want to be interfered. We, ha we have lost the concept of a church as a communal, the, the family of Christ. It requires accountability. Are you willing to listen to someone in your church, in your Bible study, in your circle of Christian Brothers and sisters, are you willing to listen and sharpen each other as iron sharpen irons that we will help each other, or we, will, we will push each other, we will challenge each other to grow. That's what we are lacking today in today's Christianity. That we, as long as I am blessed, I don't care about others and therefore do not bother me with faith stuff. If you do that, I'm telling you, you can never go deeper. As a matter of fact, how God designed us for us to really relate to God is through community of Christ. Isn't that very interesting? God does not just want you. He does, by the way, one-on-one, -on -one, we have a relationship with him. At the same time, 
God wants us to seek him together as body of Christ. That's very interesting. He wants your whole family to have a relationship. And as a part of the family of Christ, as a part of your own family, he wants to always seek God together. Why? If you want to go deeper, you will require some kind of accountability from believers, the family of believers. Amen. Though the four things that I was thinking about and meditating, why, why is it so hard for us to go deeper as Christians, especially today? Now, let's get into the main uh, course. What are the, how can we get there? How, how can we go deeper? The path of going deeper. And I'll tell you, I think I do have uh, slides for, that, for the points. The path of going deeper. I'm sorry, I, I just put it out there. So you already know the points. <laughs> uh, the path of going deeper. First, in order for us to, uh, to go deeper, we need to engage ourselves in the intensive Bible study. When I say Bible study, please don't think, don't visualize, or don't uh, imagine just your own Bible study on Wednesday night or whenever you get together and you have a Bible study together as you sit down. No, when I say Bible study, I'm talking about seeking the Word of God in general. Amen? But I did not say just Bible study or seeking the Word. I said intensive Bible study. You need to study the word intensively. You need to study the word intently. If you look at Old Testament, Psalm 119, verse 9, very famous passage, how can a young man stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart, with all my heart. Do not let me astray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We know this passage, and I taught on this passage over the years, and you know the point. I seek your word with all my heart. I want to learn your command. I want to live by your word. That's what it means to live a holy, pure life. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart. Hidden means what? I will treasure it. I will cherish it. I will protect it. I'm going to have it in the most important place in my, my part. I'm going to put your word into it. The intensiveness of seeking the word of God, you can see. Not only in psalmist was saying this, if you look, go back to even the time of Joshua, Joshua says what? The God says to Joshua very clearly as he was starting his own ministry or his own leadership. He said, do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate day and night, day and night, every single day continuously. Then you shall be prosperous. And we know the prosperous does not just mean by now, if you are in, coming to this church, not just money talking, we're ta money talk we're, we, are, we are talking about here, right? It's not just increase of your wealth. It's talking about if you meditate day and night the book of the law, what happens? The very presence of God will be with you will be real to you, evident to you daily. That's what it means by prosperous. Why? If God is with us, then who can be against us? If you are, you are in the word of God, intense, intently, intensively seeking the word, imagine that the power of God will be so real in your life every single day. You shall be governed by the word of God every single day. You shall be protected by the word of God every single day. You shall be guided by God, by the word of God every single day. Then, no wonder you cannot help to be prosperous. Amen. 
the intensity of seeking the word of God I'm talking about when I say intensive Bible study. Amen? That's why James in the New Testament says, look into the word intently as you look into a mirror. Check yourself with the word of God every single day. The word of God is like a mirror that you look into. You, 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 you look at yourself. You look at your reflection and check yourself through the word of God. Then you will grow into maturity. Amen? My brothers and sisters, if you really want to go deeper, intensive Bible study is required. Sometimes we don't want to do it, I know, but... We have to ask God at the same time. We have to submit our will to this, this, that every single day you, we have to set a time, good amount of time, to seek God's word. That's why Bible study is very important. You know why? It teaches you. It kind of trains you. It kind of motivates you because knowing that you're not alone. Again, the communal life study, lifestyle, coming together, knowing that I'm not the only one, knowing that my brother and my sister is in this together, that we are seeking God's word together. We are actually trying and struggling together. We are actually helping each other. Again, accountability, right? We will try to check each other. Are we reading the Bible, studying the Bible, not just reading? and studying in so-called Bible study, but are we seeking the Word of God intently, intensively, intentionally? That is the question that we ask each other. Why do we come to Friday? So that we can pray for each other through accountability so that we can, what? Keep each other accountability toward intensive, intentional Bible study. Seeking the Word of God. Amen. If we do that, we'll grow. You already know this. I already know this. It is my prayer that we will plant these points into our hearts and apply and bear much fruit and see if we can grow. And I 100% guarantee you, I don't guarantee it, the Bible guarantees it, the God guarantees it if you do you will grow. Amen. Especially for those who want to share the gospel, share the message of Jesus Christ. If you look at 2 Timothy 2.15, I know it seems, sounds like this is the word for those who are called to preach, but I believe it's for everyone because we are all called to preach the word of God in a way. Amen. He says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of God. We need to learn to handle the word of God correctly. Correctly. How is it possible? Only through intensive Bible study, intentional Bible study. Amen? Second way that we can go deeper is through intimate prayer. I, you already know, intimate prayer. James 4, 2 and 3 says, You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. James is warning about those, those people who are praying out of flesh, praying for the fleshly desire, praying in the flesh, not instead of praying in the spirit. James is warning about those, pray, those who are praying superficially, just asking God for those things that they covet. James is saying you have to have intimate prayer, the intimate prayer that, that comes from the bottom of your heart, from the inside out. That kind of prayer that you're talking about. The writer of Hebrews actually says that you have access to the throne of God. 
Meaning the prayer is, is the actually you are entering into the throne of God. Imagine that you are seeking God and you are meeting God and you are actually having a relationship with Him. I'll tell you, the prayer is just the, that act of building a relationship with God, meeting God and experiencing God. That's what prayer is. That means every prayer should be intimate, never superficial. Amen? When you come to the Almighty God, do you have this intimacy? If you want to go deeper, man, we got to, my brothers and sisters, we've got to go deeper in our prayers. That's why Colossians, Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself. Devote. Being watchful and thankful. Intimate prayer will do it. One of the, my Christian heritage that I do value as as I am today, is prayer. I am the product of my parents' prayer, my grandparents' prayer. As a matter of fact, when I was called to called into ministry or when I was confirmed, confirmed into ministry, the very the, the word that God has given me was the I was the product of my prayer, my parents and my grandparents' prayer. How much more than you as a parent need to pray? For your kids how much more than you as the brothers and sisters in Christ in the church to pray for one another but intimate prayer is necessary devout devoted prayer is necessary required if you want to go deeper I'm not going to get into talking about the prayer in itself because I've been preaching about this and teaching about this but if you like we can go back to it later on but we need to learn to devote to the intimate prayer. Amen. Jesus, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, actually says this, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears, tears, to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his the reverent submission. Intimate prayer means reverent submission. I like that. Reverent submission. You are 100% totally submitting your will to God's will. No more you. No more me. But all of God. That's the idea of prayers. When we pray, it's not about my agendas, my will, my ideas my desires i'm going to bring it and you have to conform into my desire that is the opposite of prayer prayer is what the intimate prayer is this god i know you so much that i'm willing to give up everything my will my desire my career everything my desire i set aside and i'm going to submit 100% to you that's the act of prayer in intimacy. Amen. You know why our prayer is not powerful? That we do not submit completely to God's will? Submit our will to completely God's will? Is because our prayer is not intimate. You see, if you are, if you are into the intimate prayer, you know what's going to happen? If you intimately know who God is, do you really think you are going to push your agendas to God? If you know whom you're talking about, if you know that if you're walking into the throne of God, you're going to say, God, this, you better do it for me. You have no idea who God is if you do that. But isn't it a lot of prayers today is like that? I have a list of the things that you need to answer me, God. Here it comes. This is what I want, whether you like it or not. That's how we, you know why, what's the problem there? There is a lack of intimacy, lack of intimate prayer. 
Because they do not know, the people do not know any idea. They don't have any idea of understanding who God is. If you're entering the throne of God knowing who God is, there is no you anymore. There is no your will anymore. As soon as you see God, whatever that you want, be done to me. That's the natural reaction. That means why is our prayer not submissive? Not reverent submission is missing. Why is it there's no reverent submission in our prayer life? It's because there is no intimacy. Get to know God, my brothers and sisters, in intimate way. And pray as you get to know him intimately. Intimate prayers will really get us there. It will, it will, if you know him, if we know him more, it'll be easier for us to submit. Amen. And he's not just forcefully powerful, though he is. He is generous, gentle, kind, and loving. He doesn't even force you to believe in him. Force you to do anything. He tried to convince you, reason with you. He is very logical. He's the most logical. He's most powerful. He's most loving and kind. He's most understanding that you can ever see, experience in your life. Amen? And he is always right. That's why, isn't that what John the Baptist says? Less of me, more of you. That's the theme of intimate prayer. Less of me, more of you. As I know you, Lord, I submit my will 100% to yours. And as you do so, you, God will change you, mold you to be the man and woman that God wanted you to be. And you can go deeper. And you, that's the way that we can become world-class Christian. Amen? Thirdly, if you want to go deeper, we need to live intentional lifestyle. Intentional lifestyle. What does it mean by intentional lifestyle? If you think about the Bible, if you read the Bible from the beginning to the end, I really urge you to do so. If you're a Christian, you need to at least, not at least, you need to read the Bible from the beginning to the end. Amen? If you're trying to see, just observe all the Bible characters in the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, what you find is this. How, they how the Bible describes our life with God or Christian life, I should say, is this. It's an imagery of walking with God. The relationship between God and us is always, some, a lot of times it, it is described as you are walking with him every single day. He's with you, you are with him, you're walking together. You are living together. Interesting analogy, I think. Interesting imagery, I think. Even in the Garden of Eden, you remember? One of the in the part of the day, one, one of the most important part of the day for Adam and Eve was walking with God. And he says, the Bible clearly says in the Garden of Eden, God was amongst them and walking with them. Imagine the intimacy here, right? Imagine the relationship. You're walking with God. And that's the imagery in the New Testament, in the Old Testament as well. That's why Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6 says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. Walking. So let's think about walking. What does it mean by walking with God? Walking is not just studying, right? It's not just learning, right? It's not just doing. What's walking? Walking is about just simply living out. 
It's not just you are sitting there, oh, I need to get to know God. You know what? I need to, yeah, I need to just to, to study intensively, intentionally, study the Word of God. Just like the religions teaches us, we need to come to church and open our Bible and read the Bible every single day. If you don't, you're in trouble. You know what happens if people start to understand or try to do that in their relationship with God? That's what happened to the Pharisees and Sadducees in the Old Testament. He became what? Religiosity rather than relationship, which God hated. God said, don't do that. That's not the point of the law. That's not the point of the word of God. Point is that I want to walk with you, meaning I want to live with you. Isn't that very powerful imagery? I want to walk with you every single day. I want to be with you every single day. If you look at the, all the, the very, in the beginning of Genesis, the, all the, the, the righteous people, they're always what? Walking with God. Noah was walking with God. Muduselah was walking with God, right? Enoch was walking with God and no more. Meaning he probably didn't experience death. Physical death, I mean. So imagery is what? Walking with God. And walking is not just learning. It's not just studying the word. Walking in the word of God is what? Living out the word of God. It's talking about the lifestyle. It's talking about your own life. Meaning the Christ is not someone that you only meet in the religious ceremonies and services. He's someone that he's with you, walking with you every single day. When you are working, he's with you. You're supposed to walk with him. When you, are, when you are raising your family, he's supposed to be there with you, walking with you and helping you and teaching you to how to raise the family. He, if he, he's talking to your friends, even entertainment, he's supposed to walk with you and entertain together with you. Uh-oh. Then what kind of entertainment are we in? You know, how do I judge the entertainment if whether it is right or not? I imagine, I mean, this is not imagine. Literally, if Jesus was watching a movie with me, is this something that God, Jesus would enjoy? You think about that for a second. And that can probably challenge us to think about, oh man, there's certain things I need to do. Again, I am not, I am not picking anybody here. I'm not asking you to do anything. I just want you to think about that. I was challenged by John Piper's sermon. He was talking about that. He said, the movie that you're watching, entertainment that you are involving yourself in, can you imagine if Jesus will enjoy that? That was his question. He was not, ask, he was not asking all the people who are listening to the sermon to do so. But that was the challenge, and I really took it, the challenge. I said, oh, man, that's why I could not watch one of the series that I, one of the, drama, the, the, the American drama that I really liked, the show that I liked. I had to stop because I was so convicted. I don't think that Jesus will enjoy this, even though I kind of enjoy it. Why? It's the idea of walking with God. Amen. Imagine that if you want to go deeper again, sacrifice must, made, must be made. Are you willing to trade for certain things? But at the same time, he doesn't want you to also be so restrictive and so rigid about enjoying things. I do, God want, I believe God does want us to enjoy things. Enjoy marriage, enjoy our kids. Really do. I enjoy movies. I really do. Okay? Enjoy playing computer games. I really do. By the way, you guys know that I play a game with my kid. I enjoy it. I really like it. Some people say, I, mean, I was with my friends uh, in LA, my childhood friends, and we're talking and we're just catching up. Um, and they're like, I was telling them, you know, I, I was able to relate to their kids because they play the game that I play with my kid. So all these kids were flock, flock to me. They want to talk to me. They want to sit next to me. They want to just engage all the conversation with me. And my friends were like, 
man, what's going on here? Why do you like Uncle Gino more than me? And I told them, obviously, because we, we enjoy the things together. The things that we like is, is the same. Yeah, and I said, you should play some, some video games with your kids. It's like, oh, I really don't like, I don't know how to do it. You should learn because it's actually fun if you do it with your kids. I'm not saying we all need to go into video games. That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to like video games. The point that I want to make is this. Walking with God is about living out with Christ, living out your life with Christ. And Christ does not want you to do certain things, certain, don't do certain things. That's not about Christ. Christ is about really enjoy yourself. Enjoy the things that God has given you. But at the same time, we should be mindful with the reverence, submission, and respect. Is there something that God will be enjoying with me? Right? Those are the questions that we need to ask. So idea, imagery, is really about walking with God. No wonder Colossians 1, 10 through 11, Paul puts in this way, so that you might live in a manner worthy, in a manner worthy of the Lord. Very interesting word, isn't it? So you might live in live, not just perform. You might just not perform. You might not just do worship or you, you engage in a worship service. No, live your life. You might live everything that you do in a manner worthy of the Lord. Be fully pleasing to Him as you bear fruit while doing all kinds of good things and growing in the full knowledge of God. Wow. Paul knew this, doesn't he? Didn't he? He knew this. Colossians 1, 10 through 11. You go back to it today and read and meditate on that. You might live in a manner worthy of the Lord and be, be fully pleasing to Him as you bear fruit while doing all kinds of good things and growing in the full knowledge of God. Powerful. Dwight Moody said this, if I walk with the world, I can't walk with God. Walking with God, living with God. That's the idea. Inten intentional lifestyle if you want to go deeper. You have to choose, my brothers and sisters. I am sorry. Whether the world or the word of God. Isn't it? That's what the Bible says. You cannot love two things. You cannot serve two masters. The God and money doesn't. You cannot serve two things at the same time. And not just one time. That's the, that's the theme of the teachings of Jesus. Are you going to serve me? Are you going to worship me? You cannot serve any other masters if you do. Isn't it the very message of Jesus Christ is about that? I'm the only way in the truth and the life. Right? If you want to know the Father, the God, I'm sorry, I'm the only one. You choose me, then you shall have life. If you don't choose me, you will die. Right? There's no middle grind, ground. Jake Hiles said this, God's mighty power comes when God's people learn to walk with God. God's power, mighty power comes when the people of God learn to walk with God. Live out God, living with God. Walking with God imagery. Do you understand the imagery here? You know who said this? I'm here. Let's walk together. You know who said that? In the history of mankind? God. Let's walk. Let's walk together. He's asking us today intentional lifestyle. Would you walk with me? Would you live with me? Would you be with me? If you want to go deeper, intentional lifestyle. Amen? That's the path 
of going deeper. Now, as I come to the end of this talk, let us meditate upon the reward of going deeper. Result, reward. What happens when we actually go deeper? We have an advantage of knowing all the points that I want to be talking about. First thing is, inexhaustible treasure you will receive. Inexhaustible treasure. The treasure that never runs out, never gets exhausted. Inexhaustible treasure. Romans 11, I actually got it from one of those, one of the books. I think I thought it was very good, the word inexhaustible treasure. So Romans 11, 33 says, the depth of riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment, his path beyond tracing, beyond our comprehension. All oh, the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God. All oh, the greatness of God. It's all beyond us. That's what Paul is saying. Paul actually talks about, that Paul who said in Romans eleven thirty three, says in Ephesians chapter 1, if you read, Ephesians chapter 1 is one of my favorite passages. Talks about all the great, great riches of the heavenly realm. Everything that what God has is yours. Oh, how I wish you will be enlightened that you will know this, this unsearchable greatness of God is your inheritance that is given to you through Jesus Christ. The very power that raised Christ from the dead is yours. Oh, how I wish I knew you. I'm paraphrasing. That's the point. I saw the frustration when I was reading and meditating on Ephesians chapter 1. It was the frustration of Paul as he was praying for these people, saying, you guys just don't get it, do you? You have this unsearchable greatness of God, the heavenly inheritance, the riches. That's all yours. The spiritual blessings to all the blessings that you can even think of, it's yours to, to take. But why don't you? Why are you so crazy just about your money, money? American dreams. How much money in my bank account? Oh, I'm so scared. What's going to happen in my retirement? But that's how we are, aren't we? We are so caught up with this, this world. Wow, we have an inexhaustible treasure waiting for you. And Paul says, I pray that your hearts will be enlightened to know this. What a prayer. If you want to study prayer, study Paul's prayer. Amazing. I pray that, I pray that you'll be blessed. That's, not, that's our, our prayer. No, I pray that your hearts, eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you will know who God is and what he has for you and you will receive it and experience it. That's how he prays. Oh, man. Right? How do you pray for your people? How do you pray for your son and your daughters? Oh, Lord, bless them in general. Pray, Lord, the eyes of my children will be enlightened. Hearts of, uh, the eyes of the heart of my, my children will be enlightened to understand this unsearchable judgment and knowledge of God, that they have what you have, that they will receive and experience it in their lifetime. What a prayer. What a blessing, right, that you can bestow upon your children. Don't pray, oh, Lord, give them money. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, please give them this. Yes, you should, but that's not the main point. Very shallow, superficial. 
that's yours. If you go deeper, you can get it. But isn't it interesting that more you can experience God, more as you go, more you go as you go in more. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase. You can. As you go deeper into intimacy with God, with God, you can actually experience this inexhaustible treasure. Right? Without the intimacy, without going deeper. You won't be able to get it. You would, if you are just dwelling in the realm of superficiality, you would just receive in that realm. You will never be able to experience what's in it. Amen. Imagine that. Another reward infinite power. Infinite power. First John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked Him of Him. A lot of people, they twist this verse. Oh, whatever we ask, God's going to give to us. As you are submitting yourself to His will, as you align yourself with Him, as you go deeper in intimate relationship with Him, as you go deeper, you will have infinite power supporting you, meeting your needs, whatever you ask. But that doesn't come without Amen. See, people want something. Like the like the the attitude of the theft, thievery. That that they want something without the relationship. That's what the prosperity gospel people's problem is. Without this going deeper, without intimate relationship, without understanding who God is, they just want what God has. Jesus says, do not desire what God has. Desire who God is. Amen? Then everything else, what God has, is yours. <laughs> if, I, if I can imagine, my children only come to me because they like what I have. Oh, man. I will shut the door. But if they come to me because who I am, I will give everything what I have as a father. Don't you think he will do that? Amen? Intimate, inti infinite power in prayer, especially when we pray, man, he's going to give us what we need, what we desire as well. That's why delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your First, delight yourself. Go deeper. First, get to know him. First, obey him. First, submit your will under his will. Amen. Infinite power is another reward of going deeper. I don't know, my brothers and sisters, I really pray that you go deeper in your prayers. Amen. That, that, that intimate prayer, that you will be able to experience this infinite power. S.D. Gordon said this, prayer wonderfully clears the vision, steadies the nerves, defines duty, stiffens the purpose, sweetens and strengthens the spirit. I like that. Third reward that you will get, it's incomprehensible peace. Incomprehensible peace. Very famous passage that we all hold on to is Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7, isn't it? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let us request, ask. And the peace of God, which, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. What's the reward? unexplainable, incomprehensible peace that we will experience. Outside, we might face trials and things are not going the way that we like. Things might seem chaotic and crazy. But when we pray by faith through intimate prayer, knowing who God is through intensive Bible study. As we living out the, the, the intentional lifestyle, imagine He will grant you the peace which transcends everything, transcends every understanding of this world. You know how Jesus put it this way? I'll give you peace that this world will never understand. That's the difference between Christians and non-Christians. Everything is the same, except when you have Christ in your heart, we can experience in the same situation this peace that the world cannot express. They don't know how to describe. They don't know how to understand this. But those who have Christ in their hearts, we can experience this incomprehensible peace. Amen. Last but not least, inseparable communion you will experience. Inseparable communion as you walk intentionally with Christ. There is inseparable communion. You know what that means? The unity that you will experience with Christ. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that what Jesus said? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you until the end of the age. Jesus confirmed that what God has said in the Old Testament. Either the father and the mother, or even your brothers, even your friends might forsaken you, have forsaken you, will forsake you. Jesus said, this whole world breaks apart. This whole world abandons you. I will never abandon you. I will always be with you no matter what. Even when you are sinning, struggling, failing, I'll be with you. Imagine that. When you repent and come back to me, you will know that I was with you, I'm with you. You will know all the blessings is given to you, waiting for you. That's why we do Lord's Communion, to remind us of this inseparable communion with Christ. Amen? It's not just religious activity where, oh, we do this and somehow this has some kind of power. This is the real, the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ. No. Yes, there is a power when you take the bread and the wine, but it's what? As you remember, remind of what Christ has done for us as who he is. Guess what? There is a spiritual connection that spiritually he He's with us, and this union, this inseparable communion happens. And we are reminded of that. That's why the Lord's communion is a very important part of our Christian life, activity. It reminds us. That's why Jesus said, whenever you take this bread, whenever you drink this cup, you proclaim my death. You proclaim me. You shout about me as you participate. You remember 
mind and you relive me. That's the powerful idea of unity, isn't it? Inseparable. Those are the rewards. What are we going to do? Are we going to go are we going to go deeper? When we do, you will become workless Christians that God wants us to be. Don't look at yourself, don't look at the surroundings. Let us fix our eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith and who is leading us and guiding us and helping us and we will get there. Let's go deeper. Let's dive into Christ. Amen? Let's dive into Christ and see what happens. Let's pray. Mm -hmm.